Good morning. We begin today with Tefillin, Umzuzah, the Sefer Torah. These are what uh, people call today Setam, which stands for Sefer Tefillin and Mezuzah. And this have to do with Ilchot Tafrut, have to do with the Halachot of each of these objects. Very, very practical, very relevant. And I have to warn you about something. When I first studied this Halachot, one of the first things I did was actually purchasing a pair of tefillin according to Harambam because most of the tefillin that people sell today are not compliant with what we are about to read. So just want to put it out there and make you, make you aware of that. And of course, neither myself nor anyone else should make any decisions for anybody who is not me. It includes five affirmative misvot, affirmative precepts, and this is what they are. The first affirmative precept is not to is not to make the tefillin, but to have them on the head. To affix them, we'll, we'll see what that means, on the arm. To also affix a mezuzah on on the entrances on on the openings of the entrances to to homes that every person every individual should write to himself a sefer torah and then the king has to write a second sefer torah so he ends up having two and the elaboration of all these misvot is the subject of these chapters. Perakrishon. The first chapter is going to deal with the actual writing, with the actual making of the physical object. These four parashiot, there is four instances in the Torah where it's mentioned that we shall write these words onto Totafot, which Chachamim understand are tefillin. Shehen, Kadesh li, Uvehaya ki eviacha, Shabesefer ele Shemot. The two parashtiot beginning with the words Kadesh li and Vehaya ki eviacha in the book of Shemot. This is Shemot Yud Gimal, and it's two parashtiot, but it's consecutive, so it's Pesukim Aleph through Tet Zain. So it's 13, 1 through 16. Ushma, the parasha of Shema, which we say three times a day, which is in the Varim 6, 4 through 9. Uvehayim Shamoa, which is also in the Varim, it's later, it's Yud Aleph, Yud, uh, Yud Gimal, Kaf Aleph. These parashiot are the ones that we are supposed to write, each of them. Umhapin Otan Beor, and after we write them, each of them separately. Then we wrap them or we cover them with some container made of leather. And that's what we call tefillin. And we place them, we deposit them on the head and we tie them on the arm. And these four parashiot are. Uh, a, a, a one unit misvah, they're a holistic misvah, and one small blemish in the writing of one of them would prevent one from fulfilling the misvah with respect to the entire four. 
עד שיהיו נכתבות שלמות כתקנן, and they all need to be written, as we'll see in the continuation, uh, fully, and they have to be written as prescribed. הלכה ב', וכן שתי פרשיות שבמזוזה שהן שמעו והיה עם שמוע, also the two פרשיות which we find in the מזוזה, and these are שמע and והיה עם שמוע, which happen to be also two פרשיות of the four that are in the תפילין, these are the two פרשיות where it says, וכתבתם על מזוזות ביתך ובשעריך, you shall write these words on by your doorpost, and that's, that's implemented by having the מזוזה. אפילו עוד אחת משתי הפרשיות עם חסר כוסו, even if one letter is imperfect, מעכב מן התורה, the whole מזוזה is unfit from the Torah, עד שיהיו שתיהן נכתבות שלמות, until both of them, both פרשיות, שמיים ואיים שמוע, are written completely and, uh, and perfectly. וכן ספר תורה שחסר אפילו עוד אחת פסול, and so we should also point out that the ספר תורה that is missing even one letter is פסול, is unfit. And this is one of the first deeper points that one can discern in this chapter. There is something about the, it being a holistic unit. We, the whole Torah minus one letter equals not Torah. Uh, this is something very important and you can probably think about other things related to it later. Gimal. עשרה דברים יש בתפילין, כולן הלכה למשה מסיני וכולן מעכבין. There is ten things with respect to תפילין, all of which are הלכה למשה מסיני, I'm going to have a word about this in a second, וכולן מעכבין, and all of them prevent, the absence of any of them prevents the fulfillment of the מצווה. לפיכך, אם שינה באחת מהן, הרי התפילין פסולות. Therefore, if any of the things, in, of these ten things is not, any of these ten elements is not fulfilled, the tefillin themselves are pasul. Shenai mehem, from these ten elements, two of them have to do with the writing, shenai mehem b'chitivatan, u'shmona b'chipuyan u'kshirat resuotehen, and eight of these ten elements have to do with the wrapping inside this leather encasement, the, what, what we call the bait, the, the house of the tefillin, u'kshirat resuotehen, and the, the tying of the knots of the straps of the tefillin. And these are the two that have to do with the writing. There is two elements that are halacha lemoshe misinai and that are me'akevin, that are uh, essential elements. Shekotvin otan badeyo, that they have to be written with the yo means ink, but we are going to explain this in, in more detail. And that they be written on kelaf. And kelaf is also a term of art which we are going to explain. Now, a reminder of what halacha lemoshe misinai is from the hakdama. Halacha lemoshe misinai is not always or is not necessarily a statement of history. We are not trying to say, Harambam is not trying to say when he says something is halacha lemoshe misinai that if someone took a time machine and went back to Dor HaMidbar right after we left Misraim and, and, uh, and listened to Moshe Rabbeinu's Shi'ur, he'd hear this coming from his mouth. And Tefillin actually helps prove this point, because as you'll see, it's impossible 
that these 10 elements were were um were of the time of Moshe Rabbeinu just to give you a preview one of the 10 elements is going to be the sheen of the tefillin and as we know from the Gemara the the actual fonts used to write the Torah in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu changed later on to the fonts we have today with Ezra. Ezra Sofer changed the fonts so at least according to that opinion that those fonts changed that sheen that we have on the tefillin could not have come from Moshe Rabbeinu obviously and and this is not the point of Allah and Moshe Misinai I'll be honest with you it's kind of irrelevant if it comes from Moshe Rabbeinu or not Allah and Moshe Misinai has a legal status when we say something is Allah and Moshe Misinai it means that something is not open to discussion that something has not been discussed uh, we have no recorded discussions on the subject in other words you cannot say this is only according to certain opinions this seems to be accepted by everyone and more importantly it has no source in the pesukim in a way having a source in a pasuk opens it to discussion because you say the pasuk says um basukot shivat yamim lemani the older tehem that uh, the sukkah needs to be so that people become aware that they are in the sukkah and therefore it needs to be not taller than 20 amot well but another hacham could take that same pasuk even after this was said without mahloket and interpret it differently so this would not be halakha Moshe Misinai again halakha Moshe Misinai has two characteristics number one no mahloket number two no written source in the Torah How can one make the yo? And this is something that Rambam is going to do through this treatise of Ilchot Tefillin, Mezuzah Vesafet Torah. He's going to actually, Rambam was a sofer like every Yehudi should be. We all should be not only uh, very fluent in reading, but also very fluent in writing. And we have a mitzvah of each of us writing our own Sefer Torah. Back in the day, this was the only way by which you could write, period. So Haramban wrote these very lines using ink and parchment. So he was obviously an expert, but he was generous enough to also give us some formulas of how to prepare the dio that in his experience was a very good dio. One has to gather the smoke that comes from burning oils or or or, or zephet zephet is another uh, something something that burns it's a it's a, it's a dry, dry peels of certain of certain uh, fruits the sha'ava is wax but it's not a wax paraffin like we use today it's wax it's actual beeswax and then you take that, so, so Aramam explains in the Teshuvah how this is done. You take a glass, a piece of glass, and you put it on top of a burning candle, for example, if that's what you're using. And then you'll see that, that the top of the glass from the carbon that's burning from the candle starts filling up with carbon, and you create a whole layer of carbon on the surface of that glass. Then you take that carbon, which is a black powder, and then you make it into some thicker grains by 
mixing it with either honey or sarafa ilan is uh, is what comes from from the tree sap velotetino to harbe and you mix it very very well and then uh, you have right now sort of like larger uh, grains of, of this uh, black material then you combine all of them together until you 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 make from them uh, some uh, some some larger shapes even and then you put it away you store it for a little while so it dries so any moisture it might have had goes away and as you're about to write you take this material this little thing this little let's call it the black circle that you now have and you, you take a little bit of that and you mix that with me'afsa me'afsa is an acid uh, it's an acidic compound that's made from the gall apples so trees many trees they react just like human beings react allergically to certain things trees also have allergic reactions and certain bacteria and certain other other insects when they attack a tree the tree reacts by producing something that looks like little fruits coming from the the trunk those are called gall apples they're called afatsim in in uh, in 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 Leshon HaMishnah. And one of the qualities they have is they possess a specific kind of acid. It's called tannic acid, T-A-N-N-I-N. And ever since Roman times, this was also used uh, for for um, for for dyes and for trying to to write on surfaces where otherwise it's hard to penetrate. So if you just take a pencil, which is more or less the original thing you started with. So if you just take a the carbon from the candle, that powder, that's what the pencil is made of, right? So if you take this pencil and you try to write with that on leather, it's not going to stick. You need something that helps it penetrate and tannic acid is what they used to use. And uh, and that's what Harambam is saying here. So you take that tannic acid, you mix it with that black material you created before with honey and carbon, and then and things of that sort. In other words, it doesn't need to be me'afatsim, but that's what they used to use. And that's what you write with. And one of the things that results from doing it in the formula Harambam is prescribing is if you try to erase it, it actually is possible to erase it. Um, I think this, this is before it dries up, it's possible to erase it. It doesn't yet get absorbed too deep into the leather. And this is the kind of, of ink that it would be ideal for writing Sefarim, Sefer Torah, Tefillin, Mezuzot. However, if instead of using this organic compound, which Rambam just uh, described how to make, if instead of that, you just take the Me'afasim, which is a tannic acid, and you mix it with the actual chemical, which is calcantom. Um, it's uh, for whoever understands chemistry. I'm not among that group. In that group, the it's it's written Fe from from iron, SO4, 
that is the formula of calcantum. It's a, it's a, some iron, um, some some I don't even know the term in in chemistry. And that as, as opposed to the meafatsim honey carbon mixture we we described before, this one of calcantum is much more permanent, and as soon as you write with it, it stays. It still is kasher. Hey, im ken. So Haramam just told you how to make dio. You make it with the, the carbon, honey, and, and me'afatsim. But what does it mean when we said before that one of the ten elements of tefillin, that is halakha le'moshem is that they be written with dio, the formula of which we just gave, if we said that any other writing, any other, ele- any other ink is also appropriate. So the point was of saying Dio was to say that it has to be exclusively black. It cannot be any other color. It cannot be red or green or of that sort. Because if a person writes in the in the Sifretorat, even one letter in a different color, or in gold, which is something that people used to do, this becomes pasul, unfit. Now we come to the main difference in halacha between Harambam, and by the way, Harambam is not alone with this. I believe the Rishba, very respectable Rishon, was also with him. Um, that there was a machloket on what Harambam's girsa was, as we are going to see, and uh, I have to say, Many very respectable Rishonim went one way, like we have right now in Harambam's manuscript, and we know it to be correct, and as we have it in the Shuvah of Hachmelunil. But uh, the Shulchan Aruch had a different version of Harambam, and that results in the, the Tefillim being made the way they are made today. There is three kinds of parchments that one can use. Gevil, Uklaf, how so? What does it mean? Take first the leather as it comes from the the behema, the the the, the large animal or the smaller animals. Behema is, is uh, it includes uh, it includes animals that that are domestic animals. it's wild animals like deer, for example. The first thing you do is you remove the hair, the fur from it. Then you salt it on salt. Salt is going to take all the moisture away. Then you you put some flour in it. It's going to starch it. And later you use that the tannic acid or any other or any other um, acidic compound that is going to help the leather become strong. It's going to have enzymes that consume all the soft things from that leather. By the way, back in the day, they used to use uh, actual excrement for doing that, which is why the profession of someone uh, doing tanning, which the Mishnah calls Burseki, was a very deplorable a profession and um, a woman who finds out that her husband uh, didn't tell her that was her profession 
For example, she has a claim to get out of the marriage, uh, if she didn't know that he was a tanner and he ends up being a tanner. If you do this process, what you end up with is a thick piece of parchment, which is called Gavil. And if you take this thicker piece of leather and you split its thickness into two, you like peel one layer from the other, uh, like, like the Abedanim, like the, the people who deal with leather do, so that you end up with two layers, two pieces of, of leather, of parchment, one is very thin, and that is the one that was on the side where the hair, the fur used to be. One is thick, and that's the one that was on the side of the flesh of the animal. And then after you, you split them in two, you do again some ibud. And you put uh, salt and then flour and then this acid. The part that used to be on the side of the fur of the hair of the animal is called doxostos. And the one that is on the side of the flesh is called kelaf. Now, let me present to you first of all, the the other side. So the other side is, the Mahloket is, the Tosafot is the other side, Tosafot in the Gemara, and they say that Doxostos actually is a side that is on the side of the, of the meat, of the flesh, and Kelav is the one that's on the side of the hair, of the fur. And they, they learned this from the word Doxostos, which they say in Greek, Sostos means meat, and therefore it needs to be the part that's on the side of the meat. Um, now, I don't know if they say this and they have a tradition that that's what it is, or if they say this and that becomes a tradition, which is one of the of the main differences between Tosafot and Harambam. Tosafot will often go after their logic, after their proofs that they find, and Harambam will invariably go after things he learned from his... Uh, masters, uh, unless he says here in Mishneh Torah that Vani uh, Omer or something of the sort. So uh, there is a lot of evidence suggesting Harambam is correct, which is unfortunate in, this, in the sense that most of Ilim today do not correspond with this. And as we are going to see, this is one of the 10 things that makes the Ilim unfit according to Harambam. Again, there was Mahloket on what Harambam's actual Ktaviyat said. If Rabbi Yosef Karo, when he read this halacha, for him it read, the opposite of what we have, which led him to, to write the halacha in Shulchan Aruch the way he has it. Hit. Halacha le Moshe Misinai, sheyu kotlin sefer Torah ala gavil, vechotpim in koma se'ar. So halacha le Moshe Misinai is that when you write a sefer Torah, you have to write it on gavil, which is the, the unsplit letter leather and, and write it on the side where the hair used to be 
ושהיו כותבים לתפילין על הכלף וכותבים במקום הבשר, תפילין you write it on the כלף, on the side where there used to be flesh, meat, ושהיו כותבים המזוזה על דוכסוסטוס וכותבים במקום השיער. You write the מזוזה on דוכסוסטוס, on the side of the, of the, of the hair. וכל הכותב בקלף במקום שיער, so basically זה מזוזה in the ספר תורה, are written on the same side of the leather, okay? Just the Sefer Torah is a, is a fuller, thicker leather, gavil, and the mezuzah is a thinner leather which you just separated from the kilaf. The mezuzah is the thinnest of, of the three of them, followed by the tefillin, which is a little thicker, and the gavil, which is as thick as both of them combined, because that's what it is. וכל הכותב בקלף במקום שיער, או שכתב ברביל ובדוכסוסטוס במקום בשר, פסל. And when you write on כלף, if you write on the wrong side, in other words, you write not on the side of the meat, but you write on the side which used to be part of the, of the leather, or the same with the גביל, then it's פסול. ט. אף על פי שכך היא הלכה מסיני, Although this is a halakha למשה מסיני, as we said, and nobody argues with this, אם כתב ספר תורה על הכלף, כאשר, if you end up writing the ספר תורה on the כלף, uh, that's fine, the ספר תורה is fine, ולא נאמר גביל, אלא למעט הדוכסוסטוס, and the only reason חכמים were specific about גביל, or הלכה למשה מסיני was specific about גביל, is to exclude דוכסוסטוס, שאם כתב עליו הספר פסול. If someone writes Sefer Torah on Dochsostos, that's pasul. V'chen im katav mezuzah ala kelaf ala gevil kashira. Likewise, if someone writes a mezuzah on the kelaf or on the gevil, those are the two other alternatives other than Dochsostos, the mezuzah is kashira. Lo neemra ala Dochsostos ela le mitzvah. And Dochsostos with respect to the mezuzah is only a preference. Mitzvah here, as Masechet Gitin has this, מצווה here, או מסכת חולין, I forget right now, is not, is not a mandatory, but rather מצווה is the alternative to חובה. מצווה means it's better to do it that way, but if you didn't do it that way, it still is kasher. So to recap, according to הרמב״ם, if you have תפילין that were not written on what we call כלף, they are פסולים. And כלף, according to הרמב״ם, is the thicker of the two layers of the leather when you separate them, and is the one that is next to, that, is, that, that continues from the flesh. So basically the tefillin would be written on the side of the leather that while it was on the animal was touching the flesh. אין כותבים ספרים תפילין ומזוזות על גבי עור בהמה תמאה וחיה ואוב התמאים. One may not write ספרים תפילין ומזוזות on leather of animals that are not kosher. אבל כותבים על גבי עור בהמה וחיה ועוף הטהורים. But one may write on any kind of animal, be it birds, wild animals, domestic animals that are kesherim. ואפילו נבלות ורפות שלהם, even if they died in a way that they are rendered נבלות, they are not kosher to eat, but they were kosher species and therefore they are kosher. ואין כותבים על גבי עור הדג הטהור מפני הזוהמה, however, we do not write on fish, on kosher fish, because it smells bad. Because the smell of the fish leather 
does not go away with the process of tanning, which which is true for the the, the mammal's leather. Yod Aleph. גביל של ספר תורה הוא קלף של התפילים או של ספר תורה, צריך לעבד אותן לשמן. Now, the actual leather becoming parchment, the making of parchment needs to be a process done for the purpose of this תפילים. ואם עבדן שלא לשמן פסולים, and if someone worked that leather for a purpose other than תפילים מזוזות and ספר תורה, then this is not fit for that purpose. לפיכך, therefore, Therefore, if it was a non-Jew that, that went through that process, they are not fit. Even if he was instructed to make this leather into parchment for the purpose of tefillin or sefer Torah or mezuzah, because the goy, as well as any human being, is independent-minded and not because we have kavana of something that translates to the goy having that same kavana. He's not having the same intention as the one who is hiring him. The goy, as any service provider, what they want is to produce something and get paid for it. What the one who is asking for this parchment wants is a parchment that is fit for Sefer Torah. The goy doesn't really care about that. Lefichach. כל דבר שצריך מעשה לשמו, אם עשהו הגוי, פסול. Therefore, everything that needs, that needs an action that is deliberately done for a certain purpose, if a goy does it, then it's not fit. הוא מזוזה, how I, I said מזוזה before and I take it back, the מזוזה אינה סליחה עבדה לשמה. The מזוזה, unlike the filin and ספר תורה, does not need that the parchment be made uh, for its own sake. And if you think about it, the mezuzah is made from, as if it were the lowliest part of the leather, it's the thin layer that you peel off the kilaf. That's what mezuzah is made with. It's not, um, maybe because it's not, it's not uh, used as much, so it doesn't need to last so much. It's always, uh, it's always static, on the doorpost, and therefore it doesn't need such good quality of leather, and therefore uh, the process of making the leather have good quality is not an essential part of the mezuzah. Yod bet. Halakha lemoshe misinai, she'en kotvin sefer Torah velo mezuzah ila besirtut. One more halakha lemoshe misinai, one must write the sefer Torah and the mezuzah with sirtut. Sirtut means by first having lines, tracing lines on the parchment and having the, let, the letters fall from or, or, or hang from those lines. Aval tefillin, enan tzadikhin sirtut lefishel mechupim, but the tefillin, given that they remain covered throughout, they are not meant to be read, the tefillin, they don't need sirtut. Just like the mezuzah doesn't need to have a lasting kind of leather, the tefillin doesn't have to have neat handwriting. It's not meant to be read. And it's also permissible to write tefillin mezuzot by heart. Because everyone is very fluent in this parashiot. 
אסור לכתוב בה אפילו אות אחת שלא מנהג את הספר התורה is forbidden to write even one letter not from another written source from heart, by heart י"ג ספר תורה, תפילין ומזוזות שכתבן מין יצטרפו a ספר תורה, תפילין או מזוזה which was written by a mean and we spoke about what a mean is in הלכות תשובה But as a generic term, it refers mostly to the kind of, of people and of philosophy that used to be had by the early Christians. כתבן גוי או ישראל משומד או מוסר או עבד או אישה או קטן, הראלו פסולין ואיגנזו. So the first one, if it was written by a mean, we need to burn it. We, we really want nothing to do with this, uh, with this writing. If it was written by a non-Jew or a, a Jew that, that, uh, that left Judaism or a Jew that betrayed his people, like he became an informer for the, for the non-Jewish government or a servant or a woman or a minor, they are not fit, they are pesulim, but we still treat them with the respect that we treat holy writings and the ganzu, we, we bury them, or dispose of them in a way that doesn't destroy these names that were, that were written. And how do we know that these are not fit? Because it says, you shall tie them on your arm and you shall write them on which means only the person who Who, who, uh, who ties it around his arm, which means not women and not children, and believes that you should tie it around your arm, which means not heretics, that's the person that is fit to also write them. If the mean is just selling them, but we don't know if he, if he wrote them or not, then we, we, we treat the, the names, the holy names in that writing um, as just in case that they were written by someone who is not a min, we treat them with respect and we do geniza. If a goy is selling them, but is not the writer, we don't know who wrote them, uh, it's likely, the presumption is that it was written by someone who was fit to write them. However, this is very important, one may not buy Sefer Torah, Tefillin Mezuzah from the non-Jews more than their value. You would think if a guy is selling a Sefer Torah, I should spend all the money in the world to rescue it and to have it come back to our people. But uh, as a policy matter, if someone, let's say, stole it from a synagogue and is now selling it, then by, by, by buying it more than its market value, we'd be encouraging more thefts of that kind. Uh, any of these three that were written on a leather that's not from the right animal, it's from non-kosher animal, or it wasn't worked properly. Um, in the case of, uh, of Torah and Tefillin, or it wasn't worked for the purpose of them, it's pasul. 
ט"ו, הכותב ספר תורה לתפילין ומזוזות, ובשעת כתיבה לא הייתה לו כוונה, וכתב אזכרה מן האזכרות שבהן שלא לשמן, פסולין. Writing a ספר תורה לתפילין ומזוזה, and the moment that the person is writing it, he is not having the intention to write it for that purpose, and, and we, with that lack of intention he writes one of the names of God, then they become unfit. Therefore, while a sofer, while someone who is writing, the name of God is writing it, he may not interrupt for anything, even if the king of Israel were to ask for his well-being, he may not respond. However, if he was writing three, two or three names at the same time, And that's what Sofrim sometimes do in Sefer Torah. They leave the, the names for last, and then they, they really concentrate, and they write a bunch of names of God at the same time to make sure that in the act of that writing, they have Kavana. So one may stop, one may interrupt between one name and the other, but not within the same name. Hatovelet akolmos lichtov et Hashem lo yadhil meoto Hashem, aval matheil hu meot shel lefanav. One more thing about writing in the name of God, a person who, who, who puts the, the, the pen, the, ink, the, the, the feather or, or the, the cane, whatever is, used, is, is being used as an instrument of writing, inside the ink, he submerges it in the ink to write, the first touching of the parchment should not be for the purpose of writing the name of God. Rather, from a letter that, that, that comes before that, Uh, because sometimes when you take ink for the first time, you have too much ink, and then the first letter that you write uh, needs to be corrected, and we don't want to have to correct the name of God. If, uh, if one forgot the name of God, let's say one was, this might happen, uh, one was leaving all the names of God for last, but he forgot to leave space between two words in the middle of which should be the name of God, he forgot to leave enough space, so he could write the name of God on top of that, of that, uh, of, of, of that line. Aval miksat Hashem, I'm sorry, ben ashitot, yes, uh, is, is what I said. Aval miksat Hashem bashitao miksatot alui, but it's forbidden to write it sort of like diagonally, some of it hanging from the sirtut, from the line, and some of it outside the line, if you don't have enough space, uh, that, that's not, that's not uh, respectable for the name of God, and we don't do it. Uvish'aratevot, and other words that are not the name of God, imshachach, if a person forgot to write one of those words, kotev miktsat ha'teva bashita miktsat ha'lemala, he can write some of it uh, hanging from the sirtut, some of it above it. Vamed evarim amurim besefer Torah, and all of this is with sefer Torah. Aval bimzuzot utfilin, one may not hang in between the two lines, even one letter, rather if there is a letter missing, uh, all the work of that parchment, which by the way is not very long, so the loss is not so high, it's not so grave, you, you dispose of that uh, parchment of that draft tefillin, and you start from scratch, anew. 
ומותר לכתוב את השם על מקום הגלת ועל מקום המחק בכולן. And it's, it's permissible to write the name of God on top of a place where there was ink and you deleted that. And also where, where there was an actual word that was then removed, it's permissible to write the name of God there. We don't need to use a brand new area in the parchment that was never written on. כותבי ספרים ומזוזות, אסור להם להפוך את הידיעה על פניה, אלא פורץ עליה פגד או כופלה. People who are writing, the סופרים, uh, are not allowed to turn, to turn the cloth, to turn the, the parchment on its face. Rather, they should either fold it or put some kind of cloth, cloth over it uh, if they want to protect it so some dust doesn't come to the letter so, or so it dries. ספר תורה ותפילין ומזוזה שאמר הסופר לאחר שיצאו מתחת ידו לא כתבתי אז קלות שבהם נשמן אינו נאמן לפוסלן אבל נאמן להפסיד כל סכרו. If after writing the ספר תורה ותפילין ומזוזה the סופר describe says by the way you know that that I sold you yesterday or that which I uh, I just want you to know I didn't have the right intention the right כוונה when writing the names of God in there therefore this is not fit it's unfit so it's interesting we believe him for purpose of not paying him. We say, oh, really? So what you just told me is worthless? Uh, take it back or, or, or whatever. But we don't believe him for the purpose of, of extracting the, the holiness, the sanctity from this writing. Because maybe, why don't we believe him to, in order to, to render this parchment no longer sacred? Because maybe he's, being, he's playing games and all he wants is to make the person that bought it unable to use it, to, to make it unfit for use, while at the same time thinking that the only decrease in, 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 in his uh, consideration, in his uh, service fees, should be for those few words that he says he didn't have kavanah on. However, the halakha is, no, if he didn't have kavanah on the names of God, then the entire work is worthless. However, it still is kasher, and it doesn't become, we don't believe that, that you didn't have kavanah. לפיכך, כי ממר ספר תורה זה או תפילין אלו עולות שלהן אינן מעובדות לשמן, מתוך שנאמן להפסיד שכרו, נאמן לפוסלן, שהרי הכל יודעים שאם אין העולות מעובדים לשמן, אין לכולן שכר. However, if he didn't say I didn't have כוונה in the names, but he said I didn't have כוונה in making the leather into parchment, then because he was willing by saying that to lose his entire service fees, then that means that he probably is saying the truth, and we also believe him that The entire work is no longer fit, is not kasher. Yotet. En kotvin tefilin umzuzot ella bichtav ashuri. The fonts that we have to use for writing tefilin and mezuzot have to be ashuri, which is what we use today. We know it as Hebrew, but it's really Assyrian. It's from the times of Ezra Sofer. It's a square letters. Vehitiru basfarin and with Sefer Torah there was a special a special exception Chachamim of the time of uh, the Ptolemyan the Ptolemyan uh, dynasty 
in, uh, in Greek times, right before Hanukkah time, actually, right before the Maccabim, they, they started writing some Tzifrit Torah in Greek, and they gave it sanctity, and they permitted writing Tzifrit Torah in Greek. However, says Rambam, by his time, by the time of Rambam in the year uh, 1100 and something, um, the, the, the Greek is not as pure and as accurate and as precise as it used to be. And therefore, therefore, today, says Rambam, we may only write in Assyrian. No longer in Greek. וצריך לזהר בכתיבתן כדי שלא תדבק עוד לאות, שכל עוד שאין האור מקיף לה מארבע רוחותי הפסולה. And one more thing that one needs to be careful with, every letter must be surrounded from all sides with parchment. And there is a lot of deep insights one may have from this very detail of halacha, that the letter must be surrounded by empty space. וכל עוד שאין התינוק שאין לו חכם ולא שכל יכול לקרוא את הפסולה. One more thing, the letter needs to be so legible that a child, a minor who is neither, uh, neither extraordinarily smart nor extraordinarily not smart, um, is able to read. So if a child cannot read, cannot make, up, make out that letter, then the letter is not fit. לפיכך, therefore, the sofer needs to be careful on the shape of the letters. Making sure that the yod does not look like a vav, which is longer than it. And not a vav like a yod. What we call dalet, by the way, the Rishonim used to call dal, as you'll notice, all, almost all the letters uh, are named uh, by by a three letter a three letter uh, word and so forth and so on so that someone who reads it can read it fluently in in in, in high speed parchment that had a a, punc a a puncture in it it was perforated one may not write on top of that hole of that orifice However, if the hole is small enough that the ink can stay and doesn't go through it, it's not considered a hole. It's permissible to write on it. Therefore, that's why we permit writing on leather, on parchment made, made out of chicken leather or any other bird leather, kosher bird, of course, even though it's a leather that by nature has lots of little holes in it. What happens if a hole comes up, if, if uh, it's, it's punctured after the writing was already written? If the hole happens within the letter, like for example inside the he or inside the mem, in other words, inside the area of the leather that doesn't have the letter that doesn't have ink, then it's kasher. However, if the hole happens on one of the of the of of of, of the 
of the lines of the letter uh, and, and cuts that letter in two, if what's left after severing that letter is a letter of the same kind but smaller, then it's kasher. So long as it's not confusable, you, one might not confuse it with a different letter. So I'll give you an example. If you take a half sofit, it's a, it's like a very long resh. If you have a hole at the bottom of the leg of the half sofit that severs the half sofit in two, so if you just made it into a shorter half sofit, that's fine. So long as the half sofit did not become short enough that one might confuse it with a resh. And by one might confuse it, I go back to what we said before, any child must be able to read it. Any any average child. However, if what's left after disregarding the severed part of the letter is not a small version of the same letter, then that letter is pesula. Tomorrow we continue with chapter two, which is going to deal more specifically with the writing of the tefillin.